to Let Go, Lean In, my podcast reminding you change happens to you, but your transformation is a choice to let go of what holds you back and lean in toward Jesus, learning to live the way he has designed you to live. Each week you'll hear stories or interviews with other women learning how they've navigated their journey of transformation, finding the through line of their life, and learning to let go of their self-limiting beliefs and to live life wholeheartedly and authentic. Let's listen in. Before I share this conversation with Emily Nelson with you, I want to say two things. First, I hope you'll notice a subtle shift in the emphasis within this interview and future interview episodes. And secondly, I'm going to be adding specific quotes from my guests within the show notes so that these gems that are being shared with us can be repeated and copied and tweeted if that's what you like to do, because there's amazing wisdom that each of these women are sharing with us, and it definitely bears repeating. So thanks for being here. Well, welcome to this first episode interview in our new season of Let Go Lean In. And I am so excited that this interview is with this wonderful woman, Emily Nelson. You all are going to love getting to hear not only part of her story, but also her passion for what God is doing now and into the world. So Emily, welcome. I'm so Oh, it's so good to be here. I've been looking forward to this. Me too. Me too. Well, I'm going to introduce you to the listeners by reading your bio, and uh, I'll try not to trip over my tongue and get very excited because we have so many pieces of alignment, and I just get so I vibrate. Love it. Anyway. Here we go. For everybody's benefit, Emily Nelson began her career as a teacher, but is a lifelong learner at heart. In the late 80s, Emily and her husband, Greg, moved their family to help start a church where Emily was the drama director. She has been a planner and equipper in women's ministries through Bible studies, retreats, and special events. Seeing women grow into their leadership is so inspiring to Emily, so she serves on the leadership team for Lead Bold, an organization guiding women into their full ministry potential. She currently is on the board for the Freedom Story, preventing trafficking of children in Thailand, and is on the builder team for New Story Charity, with the big audacious goal of ending homelessness worldwide. Advocating for the marginalized has been a thread woven through Emily's life. With that thread in her heart, she created in 2020 a racial justice giving collective of aspiring allies committed to learn, give, and live out justice with a group of like-minded, world-changing humans. Doing work, life, and service in community is what fuels Emily. Mm -hmm. After raising three sons 
Emily finds joy in awing over her two grand girls. She is inspired by her flower garden, the Enneagram, and loves to play pickleball. Home is in the San Francisco Bay Area. Again, welcome, Emily. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you. Yeah, so, so many things. This could be a three-hour conversation. Oh, good, good. I'm ready. All the different <laughs> questions that come up for me. And I know offline, I asked you about your Enneagram type. And people know that I'm a seven and you are? I am a nine. Okay. And, and for those of you that know about the Enneagram, this is very surprising to hear all the things that Emily is involved in because we think a nine is supposed to be the one that doesn't want to do anything but sit on the couch. So, <laughs> But once they're activated, they go. But then they poop out. <laughs> <laughs> and, and finding a balance. Right. Yes, and, and we talked a little bit about that as well, that, you know, you like to be able to do those quieting kinds of things. But then when you get fired up, you got to go and do things. So, yeah, yeah, a balance, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And, and then in working in community helps when you when you lose your steam and your energy, mm. working in community helps because they are the one that bolsters you up and says, OK, let's keep going. Mm. So. Mm. Can you say more about that working in community? Because I think that a lot of times women think they have to do it all themselves. For some reason, we, we have this story that we tell ourselves. Yes, yes. You know, um, I, I used to be a blogger and, and you know, that's a very solo thing. And I love writing and, and I love meditating in my red chair. And, but it's a solo thing. And, and I had no accountability. I posted whenever I wanted to, right. things like that. Right. But, but when you are in community, when you are, are, are doing life and service and work in community, you have people of different backgrounds and mm -hmm. Enneagram numbers, right. and they can spur you on and fill in where you're weak, and you can spur them on and fill them in where they're weak, but it it's, um, you work off each other and you challenge each other and you keep each other going. And you, you know, to, you know, to keep the vision in front of you when you can't see it anymore or when it gets hard because you get some opposition, which it, for me as a nine, that's really hard. If I get opposition, I just went, oh, let's back off and let's start, you know, pleasing everybody and, and making sure there's peace everywhere. Mm -hmm. and, and sometimes, you know, you need other people to say, Emily, you have a voice. God has given you this voice. Use it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, it's hard to believe that when you're by yourself and you're working by yourself. Um, but it also helps lessen the load too. You know, we have a, a volunteer leadership team that says, yes, I want to get involved too. And so we are equipping them in their strengths mm. to do that. And it's so freeing to say, she is so capable in that, that job that we've given her on this, this leadership team. I don't even have to worry about it. And that's phew. Oh, that's yeah. really nice too. That is really nice and also very biblical. Mm -hmm. Go all the way back to Moses with his father-in-law saying, this is not good. You need other people doing this with you. <laughs> and that's Even though our I think I have all the right ideas. 
That's right. You just need people to help you make it happen. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. That's so good. Well, speaking about going all the way back, I wonder if you have an early um, story of leadership in your life, because, you know, as, as a nine, you might have seen things that needed to happen, but you know, unless your one wing or your eight wing kicked in, you might have just said, well, everybody's good. I don't need to do anything about this. Can you, do you have a story from? Well, I, I was the boss of the Barbies. <gasps> really? Yes. And so when my <laughs> sister and I played, I got Barbie, she got Midge. Oh, of course. You, you know, because, you know, I I was the one doling it out. <laughs> but, you know, I want to attribute a lot of it to my church. You know, even in my younger days, they, if you showed initiative, you know, they gave you free reign to do things. So we got to write dramas and we got to, you know, plan events. You know, they were, all, student leadership was really built into at our church. Oh, nice. And, and so um, I took... I'd love that. I love, you know, gathering people, shepherding them or bossing them around. I'm not sure which is the word, but, uh, but, um, it, you know, it was great that they gave us um, freedom to express our creativity or our gifts. And so I, I attribute that to actually my church. That's really awesome because as a woman mm -hmm. that, you know, a young woman, that was a little exceptional in, in our early years. And so I love that you can give credit where credit is due. And so doing dramas, I know in your bio it talks about, you know, as church planter, then that was kind of your role, but there was teaching before that, right? Yes, I was trained as a teacher. Okay. And, and got to teach elementary school and then kids with learning disabilities. So I love that, you know, and, and you, you know, we got to learn, uh, use some of my dramatic giftings yeah. in the, in the classroom. So that was fun. And then I got pregnant and had babies and I team taught for a while, which was, oh, you know, a yep. great way to do that. Um, that too. Yep. That's... Yeah. That was a great thing. Did you find that you enjoyed your off time more than your in the classroom time? Eventually, you know, once I got a couple of kids under my belt, um, it's yeah, I, I did want to, uh, I, I kind of pivoted like, okay, I'm, I'm going to be teaching these two, these two, and eventually three. Um, and, and then I, yeah, chose to, to stay home with them. But I was very involved in the, in the church as a volunteer and uh, teaching Bible study then and, you know, work planning women's retreats and all that. Showing leadership which obviously is part of God's fingerprint on your life, because if you can go all the way back to youth and talk about how leadership was offered and you were able to step into it, that that's the thing. I think women in general, the stories that I've heard have a hard time taking leadership, hmm. but when it's offered, then they respond. And, and somehow that just feels different for, for women than, um, than it does for men, you know, taking mm. leadership is something that gets attributed to the male gender, unfortunately. But when you see the need and you step forward and take that Barbie and say, you can have Midge and off we go. 
we just do it, right? Yes, we just do it. And, and, and I'm grateful for the, for that opportunity because I realize it isn't not everybody's opportunity, but yeah, yeah, we they built, and they built they took the time to build into us girls as well. So yeah, and and so with that time, then we're given that invitation to do something with that leadership development. And you certainly have continued to demonstrate leadership in different ways. And, and I'm just curious from raising your boys, and that is a focus. I only had two, but I know that that, that was a, a time and intention focus and they're grown and, and life is in a different season now, but you were also uh, in the volunteering leadership uh, Bible studies and the drama director and things like that. What, if you can think back, what was stirring in you in each of those new opportunities? Was there any awareness that this is, this is just what I need to do? Um, oh no, another thing. What was, what was that like for you when you were busy with kids at home? And yeah, I, I was always excited to pursue something that came up. You know, if it, if I, you know, they said, there's a retreat coming, you know, it's like, oh, I have, I have ideas, specific ideas. Let, let me lead this so I can get, okay. I think I'm a really strong one wing. Okay. <laughs> I call myself a nun, a nine and a one, because I think I'm really, <laughs> yeah. but um, yeah. And then um, when we were seeking to move our family up to, uh, to start Crosswinds, they needed a drama director and that was my background and at, in teaching and in school, I did some of that. And, and so it just seemed just a great fit. So I jumped at that and in, and I, I was lucky that I got to work part-time. So I, you know, I got to be with my kids and do this. So it kind of fed both. And, um, but, but I guess I, again, was given opportunity and they said, Emily, go ahead and take it. So I was drama director there for about 10 years and eventually got paid, but, but it started off as a volunteer. Yeah. Startups of any kind, whether it's a church or a business or a nonprofit, whatever, the, the first few years are definitely uh, sweat equity. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, we're investing a lot and, and helping things get going. Uh, and that's fun that for 10 years you served in that capacity. That must have been for 10 years. Yeah. And then doing women's ministry too, um, and, you know, as a volunteer and leading that and that was very uh, fulfilling and we watched our ministry grow. It was a great time. I love that. You know, one of the things that through this season of quieting that I, I know my listeners have, have heard pieces of, one of the things that I've been more aware of is that God stirs in us before a season changes mm -hmm. and we start to develop an awareness that something else is ahead. And I'm just curious in moving from being the drama director and then, you know, being a part of the ministry in Thailand and developing, you know, in the builder team and, and what you're doing now, and especially most recently starting the Flourish Collective, what, what was mm -hmm. happening for you and your spirit? How did you discern a new season was coming? That's a great question. And I, th I think it's, 
it was really pivotal in my life this season when I was doing all the church stuff. And back then I wasn't as healthy and I felt like I needed to do it all and I needed to do it perfectly. Mm. You know, I, I, I had that, you know, that I need to, to make it just right and perfect, you know, whatever I presented on stage or in the, in the planning group or, you know, executing that it just had to be, you know, perfect. And so that, that was very wearying. And so, um, and then um, I had a lot of formulas in my life to do, to do church, to, to be a good Christian girl. This is what you do. And I had a lot of shoulds in my life mm. and, and it was, it wasn't bringing me any closer to God. So I had a point where I said, I, I kind of quit church. I quit women's ministry and I huddled in my red chair and I just, I, I couldn't even open the Bible anymore. It was very strange time, but I, it was a great time. I um, I don't know if you know Fernando Ortego. He's a musician and beautiful, you know, piano and beautiful music. Just very soft. I would just put his music on and just be ministered. Mm-hmm. Um, Give me Jesus was one of my favorite songs. I was going to say, songs, wasn't that? I just listened to it the other song. day, and I was like, oh, dear. Yeah, because it brought back that feeling, God, I want to be close to you, but I don't feel close to you in all my doing. I don't feel close to you and and, and shouldn't. I mean, I'm doing ministry. Shouldn't I feel close to you? And um, so it, it was a, a long time off of ministry. And then I got into, you know, my son played sports and I loved that. And we were immersed in that. And um but it was a time to rest and be quiet and kind of get connected to God again. Because mm-hmm. for me, it, it maybe was an idol or it maybe was uh, works. Um, yeah. You talked about formulas. The word in that came to mind is that, that form performative, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of life in, in our first half of life is, is about building, is about actions, is about, you know, checklists and guidelines and things like that. And we come to a place where it just doesn't feel right anymore. And I love that you, well, first of all, we, we know talking about privilege that you had the opportunity to disconnect from the things that you needed to disconnect from and get quiet. Mm-hmm. And what a gift. And, and I sense that you saw it as such. So in that, in that quieting and, and letting go, how did you know what a good next step would be? Because this to me is what is essential for women to hear about other people's journey and discernment process and recognizing, okay, I knew this wasn't fitting, but I wasn't sure what, how to move away from towards something else. So. Yeah, well, you know, I took some time off from church work, mm-hmm. uh, and um, it, you know, and different opportunities would come up, and people would say, yeah, "Emily, God has put your your name on my heart for this," yeah. and you know, I miss ministry. I love doing ministry. I love serving. That's part of who I am. That I need to have meaning in my life, and I get my meaning through, you know, doing work for Jesus, yeah. and so. Um, and so I would listen to that saying, well, maybe God told them something, didn't tell me, but I would try these different paths, but nothing, nothing felt right. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until, you know, I, 
I, I took this time in my red chair and just didn't try to find anything, just tried to find God and just connect with him. Mm-hmm. And it, it, during that time, my faith kind of started evolving as I asked questions, reading different authors um, um, and just, you know, forming my faith, uh, just transforming it a little bit. And so I think and that was such a great time. Mm-hmm. And it's such a great time for me to say, oh, no, this this is not this is not it, you know, over here that I maybe said yes to. And then I had to back out of things, which is really hard for me, you know, because I want to be committed. Um, but I knew it wasn't right. And, um, and it, it was hard because I knew I'd probably disappointed people. And that's hard well, as a non-peacemaker. Right? <laughs> it's very hard. I want everybody to like me. Um, so um, but it's because of that. Um, like saying, oh, you know, there's, there's more than one way to see faith. It doesn't have to look like just all these steps or all these checklists. And so because of that, you know, I saw God in different ways. My spiritual director says, you can just go out into the garden and God is pleased with that. And I'm like, wait, what? I'm not, I'm not feeding the hungry. It, you know, I'm just in the garden. Wait, I'm not, you know, sharing. I'm not witnessing. Wait. You know, I'm not, you know, <laughs> it's like I, I couldn't compute that God was just as pleased with me in the garden as he was on stage. Mm-hmm. And so that I had to learn that and, mm-hmm. and and just, you know, rest in God and that God loved me and treasured and cherished me no matter, you know, not because of what I was doing for him to just because I was me. So I, I never had that space to lean into that quiet relationship mm-hmm. with him because it was always around doing yeah. not, not that I was look God, what, look what I'm doing, but it was like, Oh, God must love me a little better because look what I'm doing. You know? <laughs> right, right. We think, we think that we need to be busy. Mm-hmm. That that is the evidence of our faith, because we hear passages of scripture that say faith without works is dead. Show me your faith by your works, you know, show me your faith and I will show you my works. And, you know, it's like, OK, yeah. so I got to be doing, doing, doing. And and at the same time, there is the invitation and we see Jesus modeling this to go away and be quiet for extended periods of time, be in the presence of the father in silence and solitude. So how do we go through these polarities, you know, and the Enneagram shows us, you know, uh, opposite things about ourselves and how do we learn that it's not this or this, but there is this latitude between right and 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 learning to live within this and recognizing that god loves you just because you're you emily yes that was really hard it's still hard sometimes i must admit absolutely yeah i i lived in this dualistic you know perfect world and dualistic yes so it's either this all out jesus serve 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 or do nothing. And then you're like, I'm barely even a Christian, probably, you know, so, you know, and it's like, wait, wait a minute. Um, that's just not how Jesus, not, not how he sees it at all. And it's just, uh, I got to know God's grace mm. and, and just deep love. And it, it wasn't until I was silent, could I really understood it until I was still 
and and uh, I had a spiritual director at, during this time, and that just you know she was like a balm for my soul, just helping that. me to understand some of these things. So I love that. That's a that's a whole conversation by itself, helping people know about spiritual direction and what can be the benefits of it. Because I know in in some faith practices, that's a unfamiliar. It was term, in mine, right? Yeah. 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 Well, maybe just really briefly, how did you get connected with a spiritual director if that wasn't part of your faith practice? Because that's that's a shift. Right. Well, I think um, having um, some friends of different faith who did have mm-hmm. some and in listening to them and their journey. And and, and so it, it was new to me. But at this time, I was also uh, leaning into the Enneagram and so, and reading books of, you know, spiritual directors and Enneagrams together, beautiful mesh. And, um, so that's, you know, just being curious, just being curious. And even though I might think that, Ooh, is that too woo woo? Or is that, you know, extracurricular, you know, we just, all we need is the Bible but that just being curious and God just was opening up my mind and heart to be more curious. Mm, and I, I stepped into that and it, it was just filling just peace, yeah. peace for my soul. So as you have been renewed, because I, I hear this transforming your faith and, and you have gained new life and purpose and passion, this is evidence of God stirring and, and shifting your chair to see in a different direction. I, I, I think and speak in metaphors. I'm sorry. <laughs> I love it. I the see it. That, I see it. I'm tracking the way it. that God has wired me. But in, in that you still are the same person. It's mm-hmm. not as if Emily 1.0 is now a completely different human. There, that thread of justice and care for the the disenfranchised, the marginalized, that's been something that has carried through your life. So God doesn't just like turn us upside down and say, okay, now go do this. I a lot of times conversations I've had with women is like, well, it's scary because I don't know what's next. And was there ever a sense for you of uncertainty or was God so comforting and present that you just stepped forward not without any concern? Yeah, well, you know, to go back to your your thing about God asking you to do something you don't want to do, my daughter <laughs> was telling me, you know, when she became a Christian in her 30s, she thought, oh no, now he's going to send me to Africa. All right. But I don't like hot weather. I don't like spiders, you know, and she's like all worried, but she goes, I'll do it. I'll do it for you, Lord. And sometimes we have that. But yet God has somebody over here who loves Africa, loves spiders. Who does? But, you know, love, you know, it just is dying to go to Africa. Why? Why do we think God would send us and not that person? Right. You know, God created that person to live into their thing. And God, we can trust that he is going to bring us something that we can live into that's going to be bring our whole self into it yes even though you might not we're like hmm so um you know i as i got to know leaned into who i was and how he gifted me and acknowledging 
oh yes, these are my gifts instead of hiding them away or not believing them. Mm -hmm. Um, and he started opening my eyes to what was going on in the world, maybe not going on in my neighborhood, but that was going on in the greater world. And you know, that, that the, the racial issues and, 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 um, he wanted me, I've always felt that God wanted me to be a part of reconciliation. Mm. And I have, have done that with like my friendship level or in the family level. But then this is kind of on a, a bigger stage, a world level. And, um, and so I, when he, he was talking about racial reconciliation, I just felt it in my heart so strongly. And this was even before George Floyd. And I was, um, you know, started reading some things about it. And then I, I asked my, a friend, a black friend of mine who used to live here, I said, Linda, what was it like living as a, a black woman in the Bay Area? Because we shopped together, same education, we churched together, lived like each other. We had the same experience. And when her, she told me and was so gracious to tell me about her experience and how it was so different than mine. Yeah. Well, I, it, you know, I really had, you know, kind of tunnel vision. And again, I was curious and, and she gave me some more things to read. And as I just kept questioning and opening it up, God says, I felt God saying, I want, as a white woman, I want you to talk about this, mm-hmm. which is scary, <laughs> you know, because, um, <clears throat> you know, not everybody's on the same page not even all my Christian friends are on the same page. Um, but, but I have to be faithful to what, what God is showing and telling me. And then he brought this collective, this be these beautiful men and women around who are also feeling nudged and feeling that God is saying, Hey, we need to speak up about this. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of how, uh, that transformation and, and where I am today has come about. And, that. and, and I know I can see back now as he's the, the stepping stones that he's given me with you know starting back at my 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 church in san jose and 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 giving me these opportunities and you know when i see something let's take it and let's do something and it's ebbed and flowed through my life but i think it was that period of sitting in my red chair and just listening and having my heart be open and curious that god could could really show me what this next season of life is going to be like. I'm not saying it's my forever because I tend to be a builder and not a maintainer. It's like, you know, when the junk drawers in my house get messy, I'm like, oh, it's time to move. It's time to move instead of cleaning those things. Let's just move. You know, let's start over. (laughs) But um, (laughs) That's good. Yeah. So, but, you know, well, you know, I'm just going to be trying to be faithful to, you know, where I feel like he's calling me and, you know, what he's sharing with me to, to do just, okay, Lord, what is the next stepping stone? I'm kind of looking for it. So So this is, this is a beautiful understanding that there is direction along the way, if we're willing to pay attention. And sometimes our present can be informed by the steps that it took to get us where we are. And then we trust that those steps will be revealed as we're going forward. Cause we, you know, we hear and read that God is faithful. Mm-hmm. And until we take that tunnel vision 
away and start looking around in the lives of other people and see also how God is faithful in their lives. The person that was created to love spiders in Africa can go <laughs> to Africa where you have a sense of purpose in a different way and somebody else has a different sense of purpose. We don't all have to be passionate about the same things. Exactly. And if we're paying attention, God's going to give us that thing that it is. And so run with it until he says, okay, lay that one down. And now we're taking something else up. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's just, it's just beautiful to hear the trajectory of your story, Emily. I so appreciate it. And I know that someone listening is being stirred to take a look at, oh, okay, this is what's been going on for me. And, and maybe this is my next thing. Mm -hmm. And, and I know that um, it's different for everybody, because that's how God works. He wants all of his concerns, all of his children to be there, have their needs met in one way or another. And so it's not on one person, it's got to be on that community right. of, of people. And, yeah, and I want to encourage uh, women that, you know, I have always been, you know, I admire and so inspired by people who are in something for forever, right? You know, they, you know, they're at their job for 50 years and they get the gold watch, yeah. you know, and I feel like, you know, I'm like a little bit here, a little bit there, start this, stop this, start that, you know, I'm never going to get the gold watch. But then it's, somebody helped me to see that I'm a builder, which I yes. talked about. Yes. And it's like, oh, I'm, and I, my story was that I was a quitter. Mm, and mm, so it, mm. it's like, oh, I don't have the longevity. I don't have the perseverance, you know, but you know, God, oh, I'm a builder. And that, that was so much pressure off because Lord, I can build this as long as you want me to. And, and then when it's time to go, I'm not going to feel bad that I'm quitting. I'm going to, I'm going to be excited because you might have something else for me to build still. That's and right. Yeah. So that just, you, you know, that was just a huge burden off me that I didn't have to look like some of these lifers, you know, that I yeah. admired so much that again, each, like you said, each path is different. You know, we're all gifted so differently and, and it's all beautiful and it all works. Yeah, yeah, that's so good. And getting to know yourself and how you're wired mm -hmm. was a big piece oh, of yeah. you being able to step forward and saying, yes, Lord, I hear you, and then start developing right now the Flourish Collective and being a part of, of the new ministry to end homelessness, small task. Mm -hmm. However, it is possible. Mm -hmm. It is possible. You know, I'm a seven. And so my story has been, I'm a starter, not a finisher. And yeah, I quit. And, and I have begun to recognize, no, I, I am that builder. I see how to do things, get it all set up. And then it's like, okay, been there, done that. Yeah. Move on. yeah. And there's and nothing wrong with that. You totally accomplish what God designed you to do right there. Exactly. Exactly. And it's people, awesome. people beautiful because and, there's and, people who are maintainers and there's people who are God's calling up behind us to take over. That's yes. beautiful. And, and we are serving the purpose that he's created us for. And that is beautiful as well. Now, you know, the, again, leadership is, is a part that is modeled, but it's also developed 
And, and one of the things that I have loved in, you know, reading your bio and listening to your stories is that there's always been this gentleness and presence about you and invitation to others where it's like, yeah, I want to do that with Emily. That sounds fun. So if you were going to say to an up and coming leader, hey, I really want you to have this as part of your toolkit. Do you have a particular thing, way, practice, you know? <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I have a couple. Oh, um, I love that. <laughs> and um, the first thing, and, and they're not tangible things necessarily, but the first thing is have a keen skill of observation. Mm. And I would observe, I would observe speakers, not just when they're speaking, but how they interacted with people after they spoke ah. and or you know i would observe leaders um observe um you know even through like podcasts you know you the, listening to podcasts listening to leaders can inspire you and mm -hmm. they don't have to be way far ahead of you they can just be a half step ahead of you right <laughs> too, right too. that you I mean you can learn from everyone so i said you know be a keen observer of others i think that observation skills be curious and you will learn a lot how to do it. You know, I I don't have I, I haven't been any leadership classes or, you know, um, but I don't have any certificates in that. But I'm a keen observer. And I and and then when I go back and listen to leadership podcasts, I'm like, oh, yeah, I've seen that in so and so I've seen that. But then I think we need to be a keen observer of ourselves. And I think that's where the Enneagram comes in, that we need to know ourselves, you know, who we are where we fit in, you know, what is our healthy side? What are our strengths? And, you know, what are, um, when we're not in health, what does that look like? So when we're observe that, we can't, we don't have to fall apart when we are there because we're like, oh yeah, this is what I do, but I know I'm going to come back to health. Mm -hmm. And that's been huge in me because I've been, you know, I would get melancholy or something and think, oh, that's it. That's it. The world is over. Right. <laughs> but I'm like, oh no, I, I go into this spiral after a big event. Uh, and that, but that doesn't mean the big event was terrible or horrible. It's just like, I need care basically. And I know I'm going to pop back out through it. But so the, the Enneagram has really helped me um, observe what my leadership uh, skills are and, and, and um, how to employ them. Um, and then I, um, I call them my ISI friends, my iron sharpens iron friends. Oh, that's a neat way to refer to them. I mean, so it's, I, I have a friend, I have one friend, I have a, a couple, but one friend, we, we talk weekly, we get a different book um, and we go through the book and we talk about it and kind of hash it out. It might be, you know, something on faith and um, something on Enneagram or something on leadership or, or whatever, but, you know, we just kind of hash it out together and she's an eight. And so she's really good at, you know, what, you know, noticing, what about this, Emily, or you do this, you know, I'm like, oh, I get a little uncomfortable, but she's trusted, <laughs> yeah. she's trusted yeah. and right. she can hold me accountable and she can spur me on and she, cause she knows me so well and encourage me, um, but also challenge me too. So though, you know, she's part of my leadership toolkit, I would say, and yeah. I think we all need, you know, somebody like that, um. Yeah, that is so good. Uh, you know, in the, in the Bible, we see Paul and Silas Barnabas 
and Timothy, right? And, and we all need to have somebody ahead of us, somebody alongside us, and somebody that we're investing in. That's, that's a model that we can figure out. And I love that you call your ISI, your, your Silas and Barnabas folks that are next to you that can help you take that next step or call you out if you're in your blind spot or whatever it might be. And the tool of the Enneagram to, to your earlier point is so helpful to recognize this, this is just part of how I'm wired. And I will come back to center where my three intelligences are operating all together and I'm not ignoring what is true of me and all those things. But it does take self-awareness and that's a worthy pursuit as well as developing community. It's not either or, right? right. <laughs> well, it, it's observation without judgment. Mm. And that's something I'm learning, you know? Yeah especially when I'm in my low or unhealth, I would just be so hard on myself and just judge myself. And, you know, the Enneagram teaches us to observe without judgment, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that's been so life-giving to me. And, and then using that force as a source of prayer, you know, when you observe something that you don't really like. (laughs) Yeah. And, and just recognize, Lord, you know, this about me already, and I'm seeing it now and help me. It's kind of like that, that passage in, in Mark nine, you know, I do believe help me in my unbelief. (laughs) You know, it's like, I need to come back here. Well, I would imagine based on our conversation, I know how you might answer this, but I always love to ask people, what, what is your definition of thriving? Because, you know, there, there are many different ways. And in our season of life, it could be, um, you know, getting to do our handwork and, and rock in our rocking chair. <laughs> but I don't think that's thriving for you. So what is your definition? <laughs> I think thriving is living in the joy of who God made you. Mm. And that's been tough for me to learn. It's been a long path because I've been so concerned with the joy of others. Mm. And, and, you know, because, well, joy is spelled Jesus, others, and you, and you are last. And, but that doesn't mean you don't think about yourself at all. Right. And so joy is, I mean, thriving is living in the joy of who God created you. Mm-hmm. And that brings joy in Jesus and it brings joy to others. Yeah. And it helps me um, be better serving others because I'm serving out of a fountain of, of joy. And I think that's, that's thriving. Oh, I love that. I love that. That is, that just is in so much alignment with what Jesus said, love God, love others as you love yourself. Mm-hmm. So beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for that definition. I'm going to get the words right out of our, tra- into our transcript in the show notes so that people can see that definition because you really, you really landed that in my Mm -hmm. humble opinion. So thank Mm -hmm. you, Emily. And it's been a journey to get there. Let me tell you. (laughs) 
Thank you. And, and that is a part that I think all of us need to be reminded. This wasn't just a light bulb moment. You had the awarenesses and the, in the, the hard parts you talked about, you know, being really hard on yourself and, and judging yourself where you sit on the Enneagram, you have that inner critic that just goes off all the time with a 10 on the one to 10 scale of volume. So learning how to notice without judgment and be able to be okay and recognize this is a growth point and all those things, that's a journey. So thank you for emphasizing that because we, we all need to be reminded this is a process. This is a journey. It's a process. <clears throat> yeah, which is good. So I, again, want to thank you for, you know, being here and encouraging the listeners on this journey of faith and leadership and becoming fully who God has made you to be, because that's really, to me, what this life is supposed to be about you know, being transformed and, and all of that. And, and I just want to remind everybody that the ways to connect with Emily will be in our show notes, all the links to the Flourish Collective, especially because I love what you said about aspiring allies. Yes. And that is a place that, that we can connect and learn and grow as well. And contribute resources if God allows us to do. So that that's a beautiful thing to do. Um, any last thoughts you want to- yeah, Well, I just wanna thank you um, for making this experience so lovely, but you just have such a welcoming demeanor around you mm -hmm. and, and a gentle, warm spirit around you that just feels like we can talk for hours and i just i just thank you for for that acceptance and welcoming oh and this has been a joy and i am so excited to see um as as i'm nearing 65 that retirement is probably gonna look so different it's it's it, I'm not retiring. I, I feel like in so many ways, I'm just getting started mm. and, and, and just really leaning into, um, what, what God has for me. So, oh, I love that. Thank you. And I'm bringing everybody along with me. So, yay. Yes. Let's in community. In community. In community. So That's right. So you're not out there on your own. Yes. We're all working together. I love that. And that reminds me of, of a quote. We're all just walking each other home. Mm, right? I love that. Yeah. yeah. What a beautiful That's picture. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is. Well, again, thanks for being here, Emily. And, and I know that people are going to want to know more about the work that you're involved with. So expect people connecting with you one way or I another. I look forward to hearing from them. Yeah, yeah. Thanks again. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your time with me today. If you found any value here, please help others find us by going to Apple Podcasts to like, subscribe, and write a review. Or share this episode with a woman that you know who is on a transformational journey as well. Also, I have a newsletter that is associated with the podcast, and you can sign up for that and receive your very own boundaries worksheet, which is an incredible help as you navigate transformation. 
and that is found at letgoleaninpodcast.com. You can click in there and receive that gift and then monthly receive the newsletter on transformation choices that you can continue to make. Again, I really appreciate you choosing to listen to these offerings and I pray that they are helpful to you on your journey of transformation as you let go and lean in toward Jesus.